This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we dare to ask questions about sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV, and other assorted nerdy ephemera. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and I am here with my co-host... I'm Mia Johnson, co-editor over on WinnersComing.net and editor on Dork Side of the Force. And I guess, well, <laughs> you see today we have an extra special guest uh, if you're watching us live uh, because we have Jennifer Wood joining us. She's over from one of our wonderful, um, I guess you can call them sister sites uh, in <laughs> Minute Media. <laughs> and we will. Mental Floss. Yeah. Um, the managing editor. So yeah. Hello and welcome. How are you doing, Jennifer? I am doing good. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. And the reason we're having you on is because Mental Floss is putting out um, not a pamphlet, not a leaflet, but a full book. Full book. Big book. Big, handsome, (laughs) handsome book. Um, Yes, it's a sturdy, gorgeous book (laughs) Uh, called The Curious Viewer. Very cool. Yeah, so... I'm ready to talk about it. I, <laughs> we were talking about we didn't have any copies yet, but oh man, take a look at this gorgeous. You're jealous, aren't you? I I just okay, like yeah. that, I I happen to have it open to the Game of Thrones page, but it's yeah. all you know, sort of unique like illustrations, art. So it's just I was saying before that if I was not the editor of the book, <laughs> I I would definitely be buying it. Um, it's just a lot of really, you know, kind of cool information and covering shows of the last 20 years. So we had to cut ourselves off somewhere, unfortunately, and we went with right. 20. <laughs> so what would you say, like, what, what is the, why would someone in a bookstore purchase the Curious Viewer? What is in there for the, for the, for the millions of fans of Take the Black Live? There is, I feel like if you watch TV, you know, and you're, you're kind of more than just a casual viewer, you like to kind of get that behind the scenes information, you know, mental floss is known for, we like the really, we love to dig for research and little known facts. That's kind of what the brand is known for. Um, This year is our 20th year. Uh, We're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. So we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been digging up facts like long before, you know, there were 20 facts about (laughs) out there. Um, And so it's been really great to be able to sort of comb through some of the 
the previous interviews we've done over the years, uh, as well as create new content for this book. But it really does just dig into um, TV shows that you've maybe watched a hundred times, Friends, The Office, uh, Game of Thrones, and then maybe shows that you've never watched yet. So our goal here is to sort of, uh, you know, get you maybe reinterested in a rewatch of something you loved, remind you of a show that you watched in the past that you thought, oh, you know what? I want Always to nice. Does it hold up? Uh, you know, 24 was a good example of that. I started sure. watching 24 and they killed a lot of people in the first five <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, not something I remembered. But um, so it's really for, you know, we look at it as the kind of gift that, you know, I, I personally would be buying for myself as well as anyone else that I know who loves television uh, because there's just facts about you're going to go from Game of Thrones to Gilmore Girls to Doctor Who <laughs> to The Wire. So it's really, there's something in there for everyone. That's awesome. They all, they, everyone knows here, I'm a really big fan of Doctor Who. So I'm going to be like flipping to that page, Game of Thrones, and I'll flip to Doctor Who page. And then <laughs> I, I as well. So I would say that probably the bulk of that was, was my doing. And the, and I probably tried to push a little, you know, a little further with how much space we devoted to certain shows, uh, Doctor Who being one of them. So, yes. And I was wondering, how long did it take you to work on this book? So we started working on, this is kind of the second book in, in a, the Curious mm-hmm. series, we'll call it. So in May of this year, we had the Curious Reader that came out. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the literary version of what this book is. And our editor-in-chief, Aaron McCarthy, um, was the editor of that of that title. Um, this So this is kind of book number two, and what we hope will be an ongoing and long-lasting series. Um, so we really have been talking about it and, and kind of ideating and saying like, oh, it would be cool if we did the, a book like this, mm-hmm. here's the kind of thing we'd do. Uh, probably going back about two years, we started really kind of working on it, uh, you know, heads down, doing like the, the right. real work of it. In 2020, I I think I'm getting my date my my deadlines confused, but we were still really able to add little things to it um, earlier this year, which was great because it allowed us to write about shows that have like had we been on a schedule, we have a, a part at the very end where all of our writers and editors sort of pit, like write a little bit about um, a favorite show of theirs, and most of them are more recent, so. I wrote about sure. I May Destroy You, for example. Oh, um, you know, yeah. so we were able to get just a little bit of thing about newer shows that we didn't have, you know, this compendium of information right. on. Well, can I add? So, blah, blah, blah. so if, if it's the curious viewer, um, I guess, A, how many shows are profiled in this book? And then B, I, mean, I, 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 guess, I guess ballpark. And then B, <laughs> um, if you're thinking of making this a series... Not to get too MCU ahead of the curve on you, but does that mean the next book's being like the curious, the curious theater goer or something? There could, that could be something we would be discussing, or you know, there's definitely there's definitely some conversations. There's also some conversations about going backwards. So, oh yeah, me, there's a lot of like shows, particularly eighty shows that I would have loved to include. Um, you know, even a show like Seinfeld didn't quite make like the cutoff in, in our timeline mm-hmm. of what we were doing. So if we were the MCU, uh, phase, <laughs> phase two, um, I exactly. answer your first question, 
big profiles. I'm going to say there's like about a hundred shows that we sort okay. of like do like a, a decent profile of, but then with each of those shows, we also do little, like, if you like that, you know, right. here are some other shows you love. And we did allow ourselves some leeway to go back a little bit further than that 20 years to talk about, you know, if you love Downton Abbey, you know, watch the original upstairs, downstairs, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, or if you love Dr. Who, like go back and, you know, watch the original doctor who um so yeah there's probably i might be made it there's there's a there's a lot of tv shows talked about (laughs) and then a lot of little in addition to just like the major profiles we have sort of themes that go off of those so one for example is you know shows that that we we kind of stole from the brits (laughs) so we have a whole list of shows that we tried to remake successfully or not oh. successfully um you know so we wrote, wrote about broad church for example and then grace point which nobody kind of saw which was a remake also with david tennant um that did not hold up to the original or the in-betweeners um you know so we kind of have we go off on little tangents there where we're able to kind of talk about another 10 shows sneak in more mentions there yeah <laughs> Yes, there's just so much to write about. Like we always talk about how just now there's always so much new stuff for us to watch uh-huh. that it's, it's kind of hard to keep up. But this is also good because now it either helps you to revisit the stuff you like or to visit some new stuff that you might not have watched. And even, and even with, you know, I mean, with, with HBO Max, for example, it's like I'm surprised sometimes when and you guys, I'm sure have this where you're talking to someone, you talk about Game of Thrones and you'll meet someone and they're like, I've never watched it. And it kind of like throws you for a minute here, <laughs> like where you think we exist in a world where we think everyone has seen The Sopranos, The Wire. And when people tell me yeah. that they haven't, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, so you have to sort of recalibrate a little bit. And now it's it's not just the new stuff that's coming out. Like you have access to so much great content. Yes from years past that, like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you must watch, <laughs> you must watch the show, you know? Uh, so there's, there's almost, and there's almost so much you kind of need a curation guide because otherwise what would you do? You're just a watch mm-hmm. and a sea of Netflix, HBO max, Paramount plus Apple TV plus the other three. Uh, like I can't keep track of what exists and I have them all, you know? <laughs> so I find myself watching shows that it's just sort of you press play and you're like, I'm, I'm 10 episodes in now, um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, so it really is that it's sort of trying to curate a guide for you a little bit. And I also, like but there's plenty of people who don't like, you know, X show. And so oh, sure. we're kind of mm-hmm. trying to say, if you didn't like this, then you probably wouldn't wouldn't like this Hmm. um you know so so stray more toward this direction but um yeah it's and it's just really we do have spoiler alerts i will even even though we're going back 20 years we know that some people are reading (laughs) these for the first time so we definitely have some spoiler alerts on there for if you have not watched you know game of thrones you know don't read about richard madden you know, learning about something. <laughs> um, I, you know, we put those in there. <laughs> speaking on the topic of kind of a broadening your reach, we have a question from one of our uh, esteemed Australian viewer, Julie Davies. Is the book mostly shows from the U.S. or are there, I mean, Doctor Who, I guess, but are there other international shows in there? It's, it's, it's a, 
I mean, it's definitely U.S. heavy. Um, sure. What I actually say in the intro is when we talk about shows that I happen to be just like, I watch a lot of British TV. So I try <laughs> oh, to, sure. to be sort of pulled away from like, can I write 30 pages on the thick of it? And, you know, mm-hmm. no, I was not allowed to do that. But um, so it's really kind of shows that we know have a large audience, a large fan base. Um, but mm-hmm. we definitely sneak sneak in some some recommendations of um, you know of foreign shows to watch as well. Um, also, there's a lot of kind of Netflix content in there as oh, well, yeah. so stuff that you know is going to be global. Um, we definitely have that in there. So, so Julie, hopefully you will you definitely find some shows to if you're watching this then you'll definitely find some shows that uh that you like or that you would like to discover and of course since this is a game of thrones podcast and you said we've got the game of thrones spread i was wondering for you if there was a surprising fact something that really surprised you um that you include in the book that you can tease i want to see if it surprises me or anyone in the audience as well it's a little teaser you guys are a tough you guys are a tough room for that That's i like, might not you know. be i'm still a novice so oh, okay. All right. well so i think that i number one i should say that we when Game of Thrones crazy when the show was on we oh sure we all do so much, yeah so we have so much content on the site and we could definitely have filled you know five five of these with just Game of Thrones <laughs> so we and this is not in the book but I will tell you we we did interview scientists about could the dragons actually fly which is the kind of thing that Mental Floss likes to do go to experts and say things like, could Scrooge McDuck actually swim in a, in a pool? <laughs> pool and after they're done laughing at us, they answer our questions. Um, so <laughs> there's no. a story that we do. But um, I think there's a couple things. I mean, one of them, I love the story as a, I think we were talking yesterday, something about my, my animal, my love of animals. I love that, that, uh, you know, Sansa in real life adopted her dire wolf lady. Um, That's very cute. It was looking for a home. Um, but what I, one thing I really loved is that for the Battle of the Bastards, um, Kit Harrington apparently is severely claustrophobic and said that that was just, you know, nightmare fuel to, mm-hmm. to film that. So they had to create a safe word um, in the <laughs> filming of that. So that if if it got too much, uh, you know, that that he could use the safe word and, and uh, <laughs> didn't share what the safe word was. But, um, you know, so so we do have a little bit about that in there. Um, but, yeah, there's just I mean, I there's a lot of Game of Thrones, you know, there's a oh, sure there's there's a lot of fun facts behind that. And I think, too, that when you're watching it, it's. You can as serious as it gets and as you know dramatic, there's you know, there is that kind of comedic edge. There's there's a scene where um, you know, they're using another language, but they're but they're actually using um Monty Python insults, <laughs> but they've like translated <laughs> um, or that there's a Dwight Schrute uh impacted Dothraki. So there's like it's called the Schrutian compound in Dothraki. Uh, so we have a lot of stuff in the book that even kind of brings it into other shows and other fandoms, which is a lot of fun to be able to do that crossover. Sounds really, really cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. So when does it come out? When is it, when can we finally grab this? October 19th. It, um, it hits 
bookshelves, virtual bookshelves, <laughs> wherever you buy your book. Um, but it is it's available for pre-order yeah, wherever you get them. Um, but it's available for pre-order now on, you know, on any place you you do that, Amazon, etc. Um, so my final my final question for you, Jennifer, um, as a fan of Veep, should I watch um and think of it? Yes. Okay. I mean, that is a, that is a hands down, even as not a fan of Eve, you should watch the thick of it. It is, it's a, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities, Sure, but it's this, they actually had a swearing consultant. So they had a writer who specifically like amped up the swears. So it's more sweary, but it's British sweary. So Ooh. Yes, you should. You should. I always heard it was good and I never just got around to it. But okay, I think I'll take the plunge now. I want an update because I it's one of the shows that I just watch on a loop. And my husband will be like, I can tell I just hear (laughs) Peter Capaldi. You know, he basically says he hears Doctor Who. I love it. Yeah, like that's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I can't tell if you're watching Doctor Who or the thick of it. And then he hears, you know, a few F-bombs and figures that it's it's not Doctor Who. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, the curious viewer out on October 19th for changing my life in this way. <laughs> I'll show it again. Yes. And I want an update on that. And then when sure. we do the thick of it episode, uh, I will I will come back and we will exchange sweary, sweary words. Perfect. Well, Jennifer, <laughs> um, any other thing you want to say before we uh, play you off? I that I will make sure you guys get some copies. Ah. You deserve them. So I'll, I'll make that happen for you. But yes. Anyone who loves TV or loves someone who loves TV, uh, check it out. Uh, go online and you'll you'll see some layouts and and uh, look forward to hearing people's thoughts on it. We're excited to get it in, in people's hands. I love it. Thanks so much for coming on. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Yeah. That was fun. Awesome. awesome. I will yeah, probably read I... that. If, if they give us free stuff, I will definitely read that book. I wonder how like much is written about each show, you know? Is it like just pages and pages and pages of text? I'm sure there are pictures in there too. I need some visual stimulation. Yeah, yeah it looks really nice. You can go on um, the publication website, I think Simon & Schuster. You get a couple of uh, photos of the spreads and then you can kind of get a teaser from there. So it should be a really great book. And Christian's into it. Julie, hello. Hello to everybody who is here. Uh, Joanne and Stephanie and Nancy good to see you all um and yeah that was um we at take the black are becoming um a very exclusive interview podcast so expect just it to wrap up from here we had sarah beth we had jennifer wood we mentioned peter capaldi now we will get peter capaldi probably in a couple of weeks that easy boom yeah exactly anyway speaking of game of thrones stuff of course before we move on our next topic of course is uh the ongoing filming of house of the dragon the game of thrones prequel series set 180 some years before the show we all know when targaryen split off into factions and fight each other on their dragons all right um i said we'd check in because it's always fun to check in and see what's happening and there are some cool stuff going down on the yeah. set of the house of the dragon and thank you christian you said it looks like i'm, I'm i have a moonshine glass which these are just the glasses <laughs> they have in the office i don't quite know what the thinking was with them but um it's a yeah mason jar it's very popular i've got one in my cabinet for water <laughs> very nice yeah but it does look like straight vodka doesn't it but it's not maybe we'll see all right so we have some fun new images of some new characters from house of the dragon let's take a look 
The first one here, we have Theo Nate as Lenor Valerian and uh, Millie Alcock as Rhaenyra Targaryen. Okay. Um, I won't go over the story again. I feel like I've done it too much. But uh, <laughs> yeah. these two are married. And this is a younger version of sort of the lead character. On the right, Rhaenyra is a very important character in the story. And she has... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Emma Darcy plays the older version. This is the younger version by Millie Alcook. I have this name straight in my head. And that is Lane Valerian. He is her gay husband. Uh, right, married. I remember this. Right, yes. Married for like political reasons. They get along perfectly well, but they're kind of in a, you know, like he has a boyfriend, she has a lover. It's And they're like, won't well, see her at dinner and it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, that's cool to see. I don't know if I love the wig, honestly, yeah, on uh, Theonate. <laughs> it really does look like a mop head. You know, they just kind of <laughs> chopped it off and slapped it on him. It's almost, it's really, and I know Daenerys is very distinct. You, you like, really don't see any other Targaryens in the original series. Uh, so when I see these photos, it just looks like everyone is doing a Daenerys cosplay or a male version <laughs> of Daenerys cosplay. I'm sure I'll get over it at some point. But yeah, I have not been impressed uh, by the wig so far, even for um, who's this? Rhaenyra. I'm like, Rhaenyra, yeah. it could just be so much. HBO has so much money. It could be so much better. I mean, this is like paparazzi photograph from a thousand uh, meters away. It does look better on the screen. But I yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I look at that and I do like, uh. yeah. I mean, it'd be a very distinctive Halloween costume if you wanted to go with that. But we also have a picture of Theonate as Lenor and actor Sully McLeod as Lenor's lover, Sir Joffrey Lonmouth, who is not wearing a wig so far as I can tell pretty sure he that's that he's rocking his natural british red mm. hair or whatever um so yeah we're getting like again family drama it's always in game of thrones a part of this show too we got rhaenyra who is married to Lenor, who is sleeping with joffrey and rhaenyra is sleeping with harwin strong and has kids who they claim are Lenors. So everyone's like you know like Everyone knows, you know, like everyone knows the way Lenor swings, but they just like pretend because they're going to be important royal children. But it comes important later when there's the split and the opposite side says, well, they're not even the real kids. They can't inherit the throne. She's like, oh, like hell they aren't, even though they all have dark hair. Like her kids don't have Targaryen blonde hair, which is kind of the reason you know. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And then this is kind of a spoiler, but you know what? No, it's well, I won't say it. Um Family drama is the name of the game. And then okay. we can't forget uh, Matt Smith, Rhaenyra's uncle, seen here waiting. He's filming in- an R&B music video. <laughs> Please don't go. It's, no, no, no. It's go ahead. Either, uh, drunken love is what I'm getting from this is when she's on the beach. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing here. There's like a whole series of scenes where Matt Smith in his Targaryen wig is like lying on the beach, exhausted. There was one thing about the sword was kind of like coming out of him, but I think it was just the weird angle. He doesn't die this mm. early. It's fine. And now he's wading into the beach out of despair. There was one video where a guy like gives him a message, like a little scroll, and then he reads it and then just like slaps the guy until he goes down on the ground. Damon's kind of a jackass. That's Matt Smith's mm. character. All right, complete right. jackass. Um, he's an emotional gentleman. So I guess he got some bad news and he's not happy. <laughs> Is what okay. I'm getting from these scenes. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, you sure it's not just like Matt Smith after a long day on set? Yeah. He's like, boy. 
looks like that but now that you give me the description of the the video it does sound like something that they're shooting it's not just him like behind the scenes <laughs> no <laughs> matt smith just like in his just full costume just like <laughs> i'm just gonna wade into the surf here and see what happens yeah. it's a tough life being matt smith you know, who knows why i do think this, this, this picture should be captioned it looks like a good one for that oh like, yeah um why bother going on living when life <laughs> is so, so sad? And Julie says he might have lost a ship. It could be the War of the Step Zones. Yeah. Um, it's all coming together. And just it's interesting to see all of these uh, shots coming so quickly together. After we kind of had a long period of, uh, I guess, indoor silence. But it's happening. And it's real. And it's here. And it's coming. And it's House of the Dragon. And it's on HBO and HBO Max in 2022. And as Joanne asked, didn't the Targaryens have a little bit of mental issues in the family? I would say little bit's kind of an uh, understatement. Um, yes, Tar- Targaryens have a history of being a little, woo, um, a bit out there. Damon's one of the... Damon's not crazy, though. He's just, he's just an ass. Okay. It's different. <laughs> I don't but think there really are any crazy it, ones. Danny's, Daenerys' father series, was nuts. Right. No, not really. Like, say, like, the mad Targaryen. The men are, like, mad. Like, they're. Damon is very. It's a very angry man. Uh-huh. As we'll see. And I've always wondered, I've always asked you, do you think Matt Smith can pull off uh, charismatic, smoldering, angry, warlike, sexual dynamo? Because he's going to try. Uh, yeah, he's going to try. He's a trained British actor, so he I is. don't doubt that he can pull it off. We're going to see. But yeah, House of Dragons coming along. Still a ways to go, but it's cool to see that it's, it's taking shape. And I think the wigs will look better on screen. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that later. So I guess the next topic is something that I really wanted to talk about. Because apparently uh, there's a Venom movie coming out like next week. Uh, maybe, probably, I think so, on October 1st. <laughs> that really came up yeah, on me right? quick yeah venom let there be carnage um set for an october first release date it was like october 15th and then they saw shang chi <laughs> made a lot of money and they're like no, no no we're gonna move it back up to october 1st um but the whole big thing about this and venom and being the sony universe and the sony spider-verse is people are wondering where does spider-man fit into all of this um because in episode yeah, they are. not episode three and um, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, you know, Venom was, um, oh gosh, that was Topher Grace. Played by Eric Foreman, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 70 show fame. Um, and so Venom was there with Spider-Man. It was a huge point, plot point in the movie that Sony kind it of sucked. shoehorned in. Um, yeah, thanks to Sony. But <laughs> now there's perhaps hope that they can do it a little bit better with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, and there's a quote from, Andy Serkis, that gives us a little bit of hope. Andy Serkis is doing, is directing the movie. You know, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Um, I'll just, I'll read the Good quote for Gollum. from him. I, yeah. I, I really am. I, I like his <laughs> did trajectory. Did I read in the Gollum voice? <laughs> of course, <laughs> up, up, up it's to going you. to happen. <laughs> no. Andy Serkis, um, on the crossover between uh, Venom and Spider-Man says, of course, it's going to happen. Depends on when you want to get there and also what the appetite is. Hmm. If people want more Venom stories uh, than to jump straight to Spider-Man, you could be missing out on so many great supervillain characters in between now and then. 
But yes, everyone wants to see Venom fight Spider-Man, so I think um, it's Appetite. Which, I'm not... This is an interesting quote because he says, if there's an appetite, I think that's kind of his like qualifier. And I'm like, well, what do you mean, man? <laughs> if so, we're asking you about this already. You know, he, I'm sure he's answered several questions along the press tour already oh, yeah. about when is Venom going to cross over with Spider-Man. So I'm like, don't you think there's already an appetite for this? And shouldn't you be a little bit more ahead of that conversation, at least for, on Sony's part? Oh, of course there should be. I mean, like, that's just a guy who probably knows more than he's saying doesn't want to mess up and just saying it like uh, that's that's all anybody wants to see that's all anybody wants to show them this is just i mean he's right they'll get together whether it's in this one or the next one because superhero movies exist to get to the big payoff they just gotta spend the right amount of money to make it happen it it, it'll happen sooner or later i'm fine that's interesting you leave alone he (laughs) <laughs> well, no, it it Here's does. Todd. The tone of the the tone of the message does kind of seem like why I don't know. It's like, well, well, we've got all this venom going on. Why would we want to go to Spider Man? Like, because Spider Man is Spider Man. He's like the main, you know, the main event. <laughs> and he's like, this but- <laughs> man directed an entire movie about Venom. Do you know what, what that must be like to like devote all your time and creative energy and all this money to a story you know. People just are kind of like doing because they can't see what they really want to see, which is Spider-Man fight Venom. He has to convince himself that this movie he (laughs) spent all this time and effort on is actually worth something. When the reality is, if there was a short one minute film where Tom Holland and Tom Hardy, two Toms, got in their spider suits and like slapped each other with fans, it would make so much more money and be so much better than anything involving Venom alone. It is a tough life. Leave Gollum alone. He is trying his best. It's a hard job. I know, I know. I know. You're really you're really defending him here. And I mean, you make a a good point. I don't wanna, you know, I'm not here to ruffle any feathers. <laughs> you're not I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but it yeah, it's it's kind of like Venom is just it is just okay. When Sony came out with the first movie, I was like, this is this is just okay. And I mean, it, it really it. kind of Yeah, they liked it. I think to me, I wouldn't even say it exceeded my expectations. I always said it feels like a movie that should have come out in like 2008 or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's I you know, that. something comparable to, you know, a good DC movie. <laughs> <laughs> like not bad but not great um and so it's like you know if like it's like if you just open that door up and let kevin feige in you know don't 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 fight it you know <laughs> don't resist um but then the other question is okay they've got all these strings going on in the in the mcu so how is Venom going to be a part of that when, you know, like they didn't even really have a snap or did they or, you know, did they just oh, right. move on like it never happened? Alternate universes, man. They're already setting that up. This all happens in alternate universes. That's true. Thinking. Yeah. I'm sure it has less to do with like letting Feige in and more to do with how much do we make him pay is, is my guess. And I'm sure that's coming <laughs> along. It'll happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of yeah. the right amount of money can change at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do think that Sony is trying to hold on. They're like the last survivor, you know, of this Marvel IP where, you know, I think Universal still has Hulk rights, but that's still like, 
you know, that's up in they the air. Rights? But the Hulk, um, like really, <laughs> yeah, like that. he can't or could not have something about solo appearances. Like we've never had a solo Hulk thing because Universal, I think, is still have still having a kind of tough graph on. I've lost all <laughs> ability to speak. <laughs> The Hulk can't have a solo movie, and I, I think it's Jennifer. still that way thanks to Universal. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, so yeah, I Sony. Which I think good. they just want to. Yeah, wait, good for what? I think they should be broken up further. I think Marvel movies is like the bells back in the seventies or eighties with the phone companies. They'd be broken up by the government. And spread out among different studios. That's what I want to happen. I don't want all this crossover stuff. I want one company owns the X-Men. One company owns like just Spider-Man. And another one owns Mary Jane. And they can't do anything together. (laughs) That's what I'm into. Well, as we learned, I mean, like Sony still has kind of like a leash on uh, Tom Holland, as we <laughs> learned yeah. from our our good editorial friends on an, uh, a website that won't be named um, for Marvel recasting. Can, Marvel can have three of the four Fantastic Four, but not the fourth. That's got to go with um, uh, uh, Miramax. Wait, they're Disney wow. too, aren't they? Never mind. Oh, let's get an. What is that? A twenty? Is that twenty three or twenty four? <laughs> I think it's 24. Have like an indie Marvel film, A24, but it's not really indie. So that's what's going on there. I do think as long as Sony is not stubborn um, about letting Kevin Feige and the rest of his team, Victoria Alonso, all those other people, of course, they usually don't get as much credit, but they deserve it. Um, once they let go a little bit and say, okay, we're ready to work with you, it'll happen. And we've got No Way Home Right, is that it? Yeah, No Way Homecoming. Yeah, yeah big stuff. And we'll have a lot of crossover there. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, fingers crossed. <laughs> Once Disney ponies up enough money to Sony, they'll let it happen. And yeah, then and only then will they be a Jedi and will they cross over. Exactly. So, interesting there, and we'll see what happens. I, I love think, our I guess debates. after, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens after that. So, let's jump in then to... A fun segment that we call What Are We Watching? That da, 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 we always da, da, love da, da, for da. our wonderful, let's see. Oh, <laughs> I've got to go back and read the comments. <laughs> Christian says, now me is on moonshine. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what I spiked my water with today. That is so strange. I'm going to have to be uh, excused for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, and yeah, so yeah, let's get into what are we watching. Um, let us know what you're watching in the comments as well, well folks. Uh, can use some recommendations. But Emmys were this weekend. I guess we can talk yes, about the Emmys, right? Of course <laughs> did we you can, watch yeah. the Emmys, Dan? I did watch the Emmys. I have my patented thing that I've done now, just like kind of just doing laundry, answering emails, um, doing stuff like that. Emmys are on. Um, and yeah, I mean, do you know they actually got watched? The ratings went up, which is interesting. For like the first time in years, they were up. Wow. And I mean, they were they were interesting, um, kind of predictable in terms of the winners, at least. You know, Ted Last went everything on the comedy side, mm-hmm. and The Crown went everything on the drama side. The Crown being a very well made show that is just sort of like the safe choice. I thought before, like I I, I think yeah. award shows get especially TV award shows because with movies, at least something new every year. With TV shows, they kind of get into these grooves. And just vote the same things every year. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because they deserve it, because they are what they did last year. So, inertia. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed The Crown quite a bit. Um, but it was kind of lame that all that sci-fi fantasy stuff didn't get anything. Like, 
the boys and the Mandalorian and WandaVision. It was all kind of mm-hmm. came up aces. Um, I think there were more than that too, but I forget. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft was really Country. Shut oh, out. that was nothing. That was that got come nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, and again. Well, Gosh, Courtney B. Vance, I think got like, but that's the creative Emmy for the the guest spot um, on that show. So that's something. Um, but yeah, in the primetime oh, yeah. Emmys, it was like I thought Lovecraft Country was going to get something. I did too. Um, I thought it would get something. I mean, yeah, this is a, a a cynical thing to say, but I think it's true. Had Michael K. Williams died before the voting, I think he would have been uh, had a better chance. I think. Yeah. I, I think folk did it before any of that broke. I yeah. think he still. I mean, frankly, I think he still should have deserved it. I thought he gave a really, really, it was an really awesome good performance. performance. Yeah, and then we had um, it was the Hannah Waddingham. That was nice. Who, yeah, yeah. And who does she play again? She in plays Thrones? Rebecca. Oh, she played uh, Septa Unella, the shame nun who just walked behind Cersei saying, right. "Shame, shame, shame." <laughs> that was it. And she is so she- Rebecca on Ted Lasso, which was the belle of the ball that night. And it is a very good show. It's very fun. And it's great yeah. to see her win. She was very sweet. She was very bubbly. She was very uh, happy to be there and accepting. Um, she looks great in that peach gown. God, and she looks great with the Emmy. Yeah, that's like my favorite color. <laughs> so I approve of the gown. I, yeah. Um, even the, the, yeah, the flunk is better. Yeah. So congrats. Although, again, it is a little weird narrative-wise that now the sh- angry, bell-ringing shame nun has an Emmy, but Cersei Lannister does not, which I think is um, a little weird. But that's not her fault. Good for you, Hannah Waddingham. Excellent job on Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah maybe I will watch that. Maybe I will watch Ted Lasso. I oh, know it's everyone fine. won't stop talking about it. Um, not like Jason Sudeikis, at least, so that's a plus. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I wasn't surprised about The Mandalorian. Like last year, The Mandalorian yeah. took home a lot of creative Emmys, and then it was silent for the rest of the night. So I had a, I also had a sneaking suspicion that WandaVision was going to be the same. Like they're going to get all these creative yeah. Emmys. And then when it comes down to the meat of it, you know, it's going to be silence. So that's unfortunate. Like I had a tweet um, in my drafts ready, you know, like, oh, you know, <laughs> the tweet I sent out that night. Oh, it's so unfortunate. We love the Mandalorian. I think I had that prepared like an hour before the drama category was called. Cause I was like, I know how this is going to end. So Emmys were something I, I'm like, yeah, it's predictable. I could do without it, but it is nice to see the people who did cool. win, I guess. Um, Michaela Cole. Oh, she did win for, I believe that was writing uh, for, I yeah. may destroy you. That so was, that was an awesome one, at least. <laughs> the best part was, um, Seth Rogen saying like, we should not be here. This is inappropriate. They told me this was outside. They lied. What are we all doing here? I would not have come to this if I had known. <laughs> Oh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, he... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. That was pretty That's good. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, that was that. Um, and also, what I watched this week um, was something interesting. Star Wars Visions, which I teased Ooh. last week. Now I can finally give my review, which is the Star Wars anime. And this one is interesting because it is anime set in the Star Wars universe um, but an anthology series. So every episode is a standalone. Every episode is done by um, like a small Japanese anime animation studio. Cool. And it is not necessarily canon. Like all of this is just kind of done within the imaginations of these creators. So it's like Lucasfilm said, hey, That's you nice. can come up with any story you want. Um, as long as it's set within the Star Wars universe. So um, I found it to be really enjoyable. It is really, it's one of those series where I, I wrote in my review that 
you're looking at it for the entertainment value, but also for the art because um, it's like each episode has its own palette, color palette, animation yeah, like style. One looks like it's straight out of um, a manga. The other kind of maybe looks like Studio Ghibli and all these other great things. Cool. So it's really, it's really fun. It's really cute. I think my favorite was, it's called The Ninth Jedi and... Gosh, like, how do I even describe it? The girl has, like, a spunky kind of Studio Ghibli character attitude. Nice. And um, they're trying to find the last Jedi in the galaxy, even though, you know, the Empire is looking for them. And something happens to her father. He's building secret lightsabers and all that. So that was a very imaginative story. One story, <laughs> um, it was okay. It's about a rock band on Tatooine. And to oh, me, that fun. was about it. Um, but they're all really, really cute. And, oh, one, <laughs> and then I'll stop. There's another one about a boy, <laughs> uh, a robot who wishes to be a real boy and a real Jedi, which is like very Pinocchio-like. Oh, I it's like got that. some Astro Boy vibe. So, yeah, it is really cute. Um, each is no more than like 20 or so minutes. Sometimes it's less. Like and I'm like, this is something where you just take it slow. Like, you don't have to binge watch it all. I think it's worth taking it slow and watching it piece by piece by piece. So... It was really cute. Um, oh, but the caveat is if you don't like anime, <laughs> I don't think this is going to change your mind about anime. That was my one caveat. As Christian says, Star Wars What If, me and someone who's seen both of them, what do you prefer? Star Wars Visions or What If? Anthology, giant franchise-wise. I almost think I would prefer What If. I've really been enjoying the, the imagination that the Marvel one has been using for the most part this one because they have these are like original characters i think like boba yeah. fett might be the only character that returns in this series or maybe another person as well but so this is like brand new sometimes it feels like star wars sometimes it doesn't it's like it's got those hints of star wars but right um it's all original so you don't really feel attached to the characters until like basically the end of the short right, fair enough is that's it pretty a, cool it's um, a star wars version in a way yeah Kristen said it's kind of like a Star Wars version of what if. In a way, yeah, like what if, you know, it's very stemmed in the Eastern culture. So, you know, you've got all these ideas. What if lightsabers could be katanas and all those sorts of things. So that's It is really cool in that regard. Oh, yeah, Christian, like, I know what you were suggesting. I just want to take your comment and turn it into forcing me to make a Sophie's choice, which I always think is fun to do in any circumstance. <laughs> she thinks. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and Julie says she found out that the guy who played Oral in Game of Thrones, Mackenzie Cook, plays Vera Britannia. Make him amazing. I remember, I, I remember Oral. Remember him getting raked by the. Oh no, he was the bird, and then he raked Jon Snow's face. Then he died. Well, he's gone now. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to show him join Britannia, uh, Julie, and the quest goes on. And as Christian says, could the fact that more people are watching stuck at home watching TV account for the bigger Emmy ratings? And like, yeah, but last year they were down. We were all stuck at home then too. Oh, that was like the really. DIY Emmys where everyone was like in their suits just yeah. like to the waist at home. So maybe that wasn't quite uh, elaborate enough for yeah. folk to tune in, but I don't know. Oh, and I'm watching Foundation. Uh, just, just a quick note. Uh, Foundation State Stars, I think this Embargo, Friday. Wait, wait. Embargo is tomorrow. <laughs> I thought I was going to message you that. <laughs> but I just saw that the embargo oh. was tomorrow. So, <laughs> Well, all I'm wait. saying is Foundation starts Friday. So that's the okay. truth. <laughs> okay all right that was crisis averted okay well i think i'm ready for our final uh segment are you oh i am too i've looked at these i'm excited <laughs> okay so we are 
Heading on into the WIC news, lightning round, pew, 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 thunder lightning, All right, so, um, Dan, you kick this one off, Okay, and I will answer. All right, 20 seconds on the clock for all of these answers. <clears throat> Mia, Stranger Things season four, it's finished filming, what do you think? Yay, hooray. Yeah, this has been uh, a really long filming process. Yeah, like, I believe they started last year and like two weeks after they had to stop because of COVID, of course. They finally picked back up. We thought maybe we could get it this year. Not going to happen. So we'll be humming next year, but that's really, really awesome. And I'm excited to see how the series picks up. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like just the hanging on up. Perfect. Okay, hit me. All right, Dan. Um, our good character Logan Roy went full effing beast in the trailer for Succession Season 3. In season 3, baby, it's coming. Succession Season 3 trailer dropped. It looks great. I mean, it has all the same hallmarks you expect. The kind of dysfunctional characters making well-written smart Alec remarks. The skewering of the American 1%. Looking forward to it a lot. The great music. It comes in in October. I love it. It's the best show other than what we do in the channel. So those are the two best shows on TV right now. And I wanted to watch it really badly. Wow. Bold, bold words. All nice. right. All right. <laughs> this is a fun one. Mia, um, George Lucas's ex-wife and the editor of like the first three Star Wars films hates the Star Wars sequels, says they're just terrible, awful. Yeah, she really came for Kathleen uh -huh. Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. This is from a quote in a book where she was interviewed and she was just talking about she was really upset they killed Luke and um, and Han and she didn't like the way they set up Ray. She said she had no like or like how did she get her powers? A lot of people were like, ouch, it's kind of harsh. Um, but I guess everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But she really was. Oof. <laughs> she went in. All right. Yes. Okay, we have a photo question. I hope I say Ooh. this right. Um, the Will of Time recast Matt Cawthon. I hope that's right for season oh. two. Yeah. For season two? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so, <laughs> mm. it's pretty big. So, so Matt's a huge character in the book, like one of the main characters. He was by Barney Harris in season one. Now, before the show even stops, we learn that an actor named um, Donald Finn is going to play him in the season two because the original actor drops out we don't know why uh it's big i mean that's like a pretty big shakeup this early we don't know why it's probably fine but um it's probably fine yeah very surprising surprising yes all right um more star wars stuff ewan mcgregor teases that obi-wan kenobi show it's done filming and according to mcgregor it will not disappoint <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's really cool. And he, yeah, he also won an Emmy for Halston on Sunday, so that was really yes, awesome. But yeah, it's it's nice to know that it's finally done filming as well. We should see maybe a mid uh, twenty twenty two release date, and um, I'm really looking forward to this one because everyone everyone loves Obi Wan and McGregor, and should be a very triumphant return for him because it was not so triumphant during the prequels. <laughs> he got out of those alive. He did a good job in those. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, Dan. Howard Shore may return to score the Lord of the Rings TV show. Okay, two minds. I mean, A, I love that score. Everyone does. Howard Shore score. Um, so it's cool that he's back. I mean, part of me is like, I don't know. Do you want something new? Like, get somebody new to make a kind of a new stamp in this original show. But I mean, that score is iconic. Um, can he do the same thing 20 years later? Let's see. I'm rooting for you, Howard Shore. We're getting so good at this. Yes. Okay. Mia, uh, the next Fantastic Beast movie is officially titled Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. 
Ooh, yeah. What is that going to be all about? Um, which is interesting because it could also, you know, Secrets of Dumbledore. We're thinking about Jude Law's Dumbledore. It could also be, um, you know, who is that? Ezra's Dumbledore in this as well because he's got a lot of secrets because, oh, spoiler alert, but I really like that secret to be the romance between him and Grindelwald, which is now Mads Mikkelsen. And I'm really looking forward to that, even though it's Fantastic Beast. <laughs> It's gonna be curious. Okay, I could talk for and a while about that, but we, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, and finally, Warner Brothers will reboot The Lost Boys in theaters. The Lost Boys, classic eighties vampire movies. Teenagers, they're vampires. They're running wild. They're sucking blood. They're kind of like hedonistic, little fun lover people. Um, vampire uh, resurgence. Interview with the vampire. Uh, Twilight's back on Netflix. Now the Lost Boys. Vampires are coming back. There's another evidence of it. Get ready. I don't care if you want it or not. You're gonna have it. And get ready for a lot more vampires in the coming years. This Ooh, this wow, was this our was successful, successful round. This was really wow. good. We did wow. not go over. To, we did not go under. We're going to have to trim it to 15 seconds next. This is like too easy. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Let's challenge ourselves and develop that skill we can't use anywhere else. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud of us. Uh, and I'm proud of you for watching very happy uh with you guys thank you for joining us and of course we uh stream new episodes every wednesday live take the black live on our winter is coming facebook page and the winter is coming youtube channel and if you'd like to have even more take the black and dan mia fun you can join the wick club where you kind of buy a Wick Club t-shirt to mark you as a fan of us, and then you get extra videos, extra articles, and a monthly prize. And the site's not cooperating, but the description, I believe, is somewhere in the immediate vicinity. And thanks for watching us, guys. Bye, Julie. And we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.